This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on March 1st, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale for his usual Wednesday visit. Like I said, March 1st, man. It's going to be record temperatures in Columbus today. We're going to hit the 70s. I feel like, knock on woods, I know we're not out of the woods yet, but it feels like we skipped winter here in the capital city of Ohio. Basically, when it turns to March, I feel like it's spring anyway. I mean... I think I shoveled my driveway like twice all winter. I- I'm here for it, man. We basically skipped winter backs. You know, you're just damning us to like a week-long snowstorm at the end of March. That's all you're doing. <laughs> all right. I've looked ahead, man. The The extended forecast looks good. We probably will have one more snowstorm, but I- I'll take it at this point. It's like my kids are like, we only had one snow day. That's not even fair. And it wasn't even really a snow day. It was more like an ice day. All right. Yeah, cold day. Exactly. All right, so – The um, rumors have kicked up again about Big Ten expansion. Um, There's talk, okay, some people think it's inevitable. There's been talk that, you know, Oregon and Washington could join. There's been some buzz about maybe some other schools. What do you think will happen? What do you think should happen? Well, what should happen is if the words Notre and Dame are not at the top of the list, I don't want to hear about it. That's what should happen. All right, any Big Ten expansion that doesn't involve the Irish, to me at this point, is pointless. We just added the two best teams out West. The only teams on the Western side of the Rocky Mountains that really moved the pulse outside of Oregon. And Oregon is a Johnny-come-lately Nike product program. It's not like it's some historical blue blood. They were terrible until the mid-90s. So let's be real here. Uh, At the end of the day, I don't want any expansion that doesn't involve Notre Dame. And now what will happen, I don't know. It's going to be in the mind of whoever the new Big Ten commissioner is because all of Kevin Warren's flaws and trying to cancel the season and the fact that none of us are going to miss him, that he's gone. USC and UCLA was a really good move, and I'm super happy that happened. But this is like, you know, going out and, and, and stealing the Mona Lisa and then stopping for postcards on the way out the door. Like, I, I don't really get why you would, you would go and pick up Washington and Oregon. It doesn't add any value to our television deal, right? Like, who, who in TV is going... Oh, man, 
They got USC and UCLA and Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and Nebraska. You know what they need to get? Washington. Like, no one's saying that right now. Any game that's on at 10 p.m., that's UCLA or USC versus the Big Ten team, because you know we'll always have a late game now, is going to be a big deal to be the biggest game in the late-night TV slot. And so, to me, there's no point in expanding. Unless there's some sort of revenue stream I'm not aware of. We don't need the big national division. You know, I don't need the old Pac-10 as the Big Ten West at this point. So unless you're talking to me about Notre Dame, I don't want to do anything to do with it. it yeah, it just doesn't seem like, you know, if you're if it's about money, like what does Washington and Oregon really add as far as that's just two more, you know, pieces of pie you got to split up. Now, I don't think that they would be – it would be terrible additions. And maybe you could argue – you don't want to leave USC and UCLA completely on an island, but like they're making a lot more money. It was their choice. I mean, I don't they're know. They're on an island together, Dave, and they're the they're the second biggest media market in the United States together. They'll be fine. And every single week, one of them's going to have a home game um, out in LA, right? This isn't a big deal for them, right? And and the other kicker, by the way, is we're not just talking about football here. You know, I, I think at this point we're we're looking at the. Uh, we're looking at the, at the Big Ten just from a football perspective, right? Well, if Washington and Oregon join, we got to send our, our baseball team out there. we got to send our field hockey team or whatever out there, right? And that comes a little prohibitive. It's easy to fly direct to L.A. How do you get kids to Eugene, Oregon easily, right? Like, I, I don't think that it makes fiscal sense on any level. It certainly doesn't make fandom sense on any level. I, I think the Ohio State – is, is not going to benefit from it at this point. The real point to me is quite simple. You have the LA market. There's nothing else you need out there. Just stick with that. And unless Notre Dame wants to come, and even if Notre Dame wants to come, can we talk about throwing Rutgers out and adding them? Because I don't want to go past 16. Once you get past 16, you're barely a conference. So I'm not really in for any more Big Ten expansion at this point. I, I don't see the benefit to it. Really quick before we move on, I want to talk uh, who's going to be Ohio State center, and we're going to talk starting safeties for the Buckeyes this year. Uh, very long question comment from Michael on Facebook. Basically, he he's a Kyle McCord fan. He thinks uh, Michael on Facebook thinks uh, Kyle McCord is going to be one of the Heisman contenders this year. I tell you what, he couldn't have a better uh, a group of receivers to throw to. I mean, tell you what, they can stay healthy. You know, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Buka, Julian Fleming. They got Xavier Johnson back. Maybe Jaden Ballard can get in the mix. Maybe some of these freshmen. You got Cade Stover coming back after having the best season by an Ohio State tight end in many, many years. Um, so Michael on Facebook's a big Kyle McCord fan. Uh, backs. It's going to be a fun competition with Devin Brown, but I do think Kyle McCord's going to win the battle. But um, I like both of them. Yeah, I was going to say whoever wins the big, the Ohio State quarterback job is going to be a high State. I'm just not sure who is who yet. So, you know, good for McCord. I mean, he's already getting the spam stories that he's dating Paige Spiranak on the internet. So the guy's clearly moving up in the national lexicon. I thought but it was, was Margot Robbie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, every, every week, Tom McCord's got a new celebrity that he's dating. A new celebrity girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Leonardo DiCaprio of college football, apparently. But um, even though none of the stories I believe are true, <laughs> good for him. He's, he's entering the right world. <laughs> Um, well, his girlfriends are probably the same age as Leo's girlfriends. That's true. That's true. They're, they are dating. From the Leo same. likes his a uh, Leo likes his college age girls just like Kyle does. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Oh man, what's that old uh, that line? The best part about eighteen year olds they never get younger, right? Oh, that's, it's that's, the, oh, that's Matthew McConaughey from uh, Dazed and Confused. You know what I like? You know what I love about them high school girls? I keep getting older. They stay the same age. Yeah, that's Leo DiCaprio. His breakout, his breakout performance. Matthew McConaughey playing himself in Dazed and Confused, basically. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Love them redheads. We're off the rails. Oh boy. <laughs> I think if no. we just did like Matthew McConaughey's, like you know, like voice from Days of Confused, that might be the best show we've ever done. You know, yeah, right. we're having a keg party. You know, get, you right. should come and ditch the geeks and get in the car with me. Go ahead. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so quarterback at Ohio State, whoever wins the battle certainly should be a Heisman candidate. I, I, I agree with that general presumption. The problem that you're going to have at a place like Ohio State, though, is at this point, is that I see it as uh, I see it as the fact that you're going to have some blitz, vote split because people are going to vote for Harrison if he has the year that we hope he does. You got the running backs that are going to make a big deal. I mean, you got so many candidates that it's going to be hard for Ohio State, if, even if they have a fantastic season. You know, I don't know. But then again, who wins the Heisman every year? Usually, it's one of the quarterbacks on one of the best teams. So, right. not by default, McCord or Devin Brown's going to be right there. Larry on YouTube wants us to get back to football. We're going to listen to our, our viewers. All right, all right, all right. Now, maybe after the show, after I get it posted and everything, because after the live version, I don't have to make – I turn it into a podcast. It's, it's like – it's, it's magic. I'm telling you, man. It's magic around here. After I do that, it's been a while since I've seen Dazed and Confused. I might have to watch it. But, Larry, let's talk some football. All right. Who's going to be the starting center for Ohio State? I did not think Luke Whipler was going to leave early. I've mentioned this on the show, but he is. And sounds like he's going to be no worse than a third-round pick, so good for Luke. We're going to be rooting for him. I selfishly wish he was coming back, but okay. He played great against Georgia, against a great D-line. Who's going to be the Buckeye starting center? Last year, the backup technically was Jacob James. I think if something happened, they probably would have moved Matt Jones inside uh, and brought maybe Josh Fryer in a guard. Um, But Jacob James is missing spring. He's entering his fourth year. Kid out of Cincinnati elder. Um then you've got Carson Hinsman, a redshirt freshman. I like him. Kid out of Wisconsin. Um, I'm kind of hoping he can seize the job almost like Whipler did as a redshirt freshman. That'd be kind of like – I think that'd be good news. Um, Matt Jones, there was a lot of talk he could move inside. I, they say no. He's going to stay at right guard. John, Donovan Jackson, left guard. At least they know their guards are back. And then the other one in the mix, obviously, is Vic Cutler, the transfer they got from Louisiana Monroe. Um, sounds like probably a Hinsman-Cutler battle to me. Maybe Jacob James can get into it in fall. Who do you think is going to be the starting center when they uh, run out there against uh, Indiana in the opener? Much like you, I hope it's Hinsman. Uh, anytime you steal a Wisconsin elite line prospect from the state of Wisconsin, from Wisconsin, you generally assume the guy's going to be pretty good. So Hinsman's the guy I think we all want to win the job. I think at this point we, uh, I think we have to essentially assume that that's the guy that Ohio State wants to win it as well. Do you want the guy with the one year of eligibility that you brought in from ULM, or do you want to have the, the freshman redshirted kid that could start? He does have two. Oh, he does have, does have two years, but it, but still, but yeah. Still, the point holds. The other thing with Cutler right. is, I want to throw this out there, guys. He can play a lot of positions on the line. To me, he's like your super sub in a perfect setting. In a perfect scenario, you find two tackles that can start that aren't Cutler. You have Hensman take the center spot, and then Cutler can fill in across the board. I mean, he played tackle at UL. Right. Yeah. You can always slide on a guard if somebody gets hurt, and if you think you need a guard, you can have him as your backup center. 
I think we want Hintzman to win it. And I think Cutler as our, as our jack-of-all-trades sub is a really good ideal way to come into it. Um, I don't think Jacob James gets in the mix. I actually wrote about this in the bucket last week, Dave, where you look at the, the some of the Ohio prospects we brought in the last bit of time. There's a lot of offensive linemen that just haven't made an impact. And I don't think anybody comes out of spring without – I think the center position is going to be essentially decided by the end of spring, and the coach is fine. So if James can work his way into the two deep, great. But like you said, I didn't think he was actually next in line last year. I think it was going to be a, a shuffling versus a put Jacob James on the field in serious situations unless we had too many injuries. So to me, this is a please Carson Hinsman win the job. And if you can't, Cutler to safety net. Now all the commenters say, can you guys go back to talking about days and confused and doing Matthew McConaughey impersonations? No, nobody actually said that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's move on to safety. This is interesting, man. It's a safety-driven defense, and, boy, do they got some good ones. And, and they've got a lot of depth, and they got some things to figure out. So, um, three guys can start. I've got four guys that I think are starting material. you got Jihad Carter, the transfer from Syracuse. Sonny Styles to me, has to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lathan Ransom, I know, struggled, but also he played well at times, too. And, and, and I know they like him, so he's starting material. And I think Kai Stokes is starting material. Now, only three of those guys are going to start. Um, they also have other guys. I mean, if Court Williams is healthy, we always forget about Court Williams. I mean, he was a captain last year. Yeah. yeah. And if, they all love him. They say he's the like hardest worker on the team. But I'm getting some Cam Bab vibes. Like, is he ever going to be healthy enough to play? Everybody loved Cam Bab. Everybody loves Court Williams. He's never going to be healthy enough to play. Josh Proctor's coming back for like a 19th year, I think. Um, there's other guys in the mix as well, Cam Martinez. But the four guys I mentioned, I think, are really going to battle for those three starting spots. Who do you think, when it all shakes out, who's going to be the starters and at what spots? By the way, Josh Proctor is like the Aaron Kraft of Ohio State football. You keep looking at the roster, like, wow, he's still here, right? It's been a while. Except but, Kraft uh, helped Ohio State win games. Yeah, that's was that a little? Was that a low blow? A little. I don't. I don't like an Aaron Kraft, Josh Proctor comparison because Aaron Kraft. Aaron Kraft was pretty. Josh good. Proctor. Okay, I'll shut up now. Anyways, just but in no, case the, his mom's yeah. listening or something. Yeah. Right. Oh no, you're gonna get in trouble now, Dave. Um, sorry, Mrs. Proctor. I'm sorry, Miss Proctor. Ooh. I am for real. Yeah. We are really going off the rails today. Now we're doing Outcast. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, neither of us can sing either, so that's bad. bad. I can sing. Oh, then we're going to have to have the uh, Bucknuts Musical 5 at some point, Dave. We'll sing it as like an <laughs> old-fashioned, timey song. Anyways, so uh, back to football, Larry. Um, I think at this point, you hit the nail on the head with Jahan Carter and Sonny Styles. They have to be on the field, those two to me. There's just Carter's not coming here to sit. He was one of the best safeties in the ACC. He's the ball hawk. He's playing. Sonny Styles, you have to play him. All right, anybody who saw him at all through bowl practice and in, against George, you know he's more than ready. And remember, this is supposed to be his true freshman season. Now. I know, it's crazy. He, he should he, still be in high school right now. He's the football recruit that elevated himself up a year. You don't see that yeah. in football. Like, John David Booty was the only other person I could think of off the top of my head that did that. And it was such a bad idea, no one else did it. So – reclassifying up like Styles did to get to Ohio State to get into strength and conditioning a year early is paying off. So Sonny Styles at this point has to start, period. All right? Carter and Styles are starting. The question to me is, can Stokes prove he's a better option than Ransom? And Ransom's going to be one of the next guys on the field. 
Ransom wasn't bad. He had a decent year. Like, I'm not saying he, he, he's an issue. I just saw a lot out of Kai Stokes that I really liked last year in the spring. Heard nothing but good stuff about him. He's one of those kids where you kind of think he's got to work his way under the field. So, to me, I want it to be Stokes, much like I want center to be Carson Hintzman. But we're going to have to see if he can take the job from Ransom. That's kind of where my head is. Yep, I'm with you. And I like that they have depth there. I mean, let's say they let, – let's say – Carter and and Styles and let's just say Stokes or Ransom, whichever of the last two are the starters. I mean, what are the chances all three of them are going to stay healthy the entire season? So having basically yeah. four starters for the three spots is an excellent position to be in. Just, because again, just like you mentioned, Vic Cutler is that that sixth man on the offensive line. What's the chance of all five if he's the sixth man? If he's not a starter, what are the chances all five starters are going to stay healthy the entire season? Not very likely. So. It's great to have basically six starters on the offensive line, four starters for the three safety spots. And you have a whole set of uh, second backups that have been on the field, or at least are highly thought of. I mean, Proctor, for whatever we, we can joke about, still has played a lot, right? A lot. Yep. Like, that's not the worst option to have as a backup, right? And I'm assuming he's coming into the, the season eyes wide open about where he's at, considering he chose to come back, right? So you have Proctor, let's say – Stokes wins. You have Proctor Ransom and Williams as your backup. Okay, that's pretty darn good. Pretty good. For a position that's pretty important for this defense, that's a good thing. I'm on board with that. So, you know, we talked about where safety was last year and some of the concerns we may or may not have had about it. Hopefully they're a step better this year. I still can't believe Ronnie Hickman left early. I, have, I haven't seen him projected very high, but I, I don't I wish him well. Um, I think they're going to be just fine at safety. Um, and then some. All right. Last thing I want to get into this. So, for those that haven't heard, it sounds like we're going to have shorter games in college football. What? Um, shorter games. Now, this isn't official, but I think it's going to be official. There has been a proposal for three main rule changes. Really one that's that's a really going to be a big factor. Um they want to shorten games. They want less plays. They're saying it's for player safety. Okay, whatever. Um, okay, now the first one is like basically like the NFL. Um, after first downs, the clock would keep running. They wouldn't stop the clock after first downs, except in the last two minutes of each half. That's the difference of the NFL. So um, that's been a, like a college football staple. It's been one thing that set it apart from the NFL is after first downs, you stop the clock until the ball is, of course, yeah. uh, until the ball is placed. They're going to do away with that most likely, um, again, except for the final two minutes of each half. The other ones are kind of more minor. Um, coaches won't be able to call consecutive timeouts. We don't see it that often anyway. And then I've always thought this was kind of dumb anyway. I'm kind of glad they're doing this. So now if a penalty happens at the end of the first quarter or the end of the third quarter, they're just going to roll it over to the second quarter or fourth quarter instead of having that like uh, untimed down to end the first quarter or the third quarter. So these are things that are going to speed up the game. Obviously, the big one, keeping the clock running after first downs, except the final two minutes of each half. Bax, your thoughts, my friend. Why does everything have to be exactly like the NFL? There's a reason we, we watch college football over the NFL, right? I kind of like the quirkiness of it. And that first down stopping after the clock, it's like sometimes it's only like two, three seconds. What are we trying to save here, right? Like, I, I don't know. To me, this is – remember back – like 15 years ago where they had that, that uh, rule that they instituted where on a change of possession, when the referee started the uh, play clock, they started the game clock too. 
And so you would have it like a change of possession, teams calling timeout trying to get the ball back and everything. I think it was 06 was the year they did that. And it was so stupid that they got rid of the rule after one year. Stopping the clock after the first down is kind of a staple of college football. I'm glad they're keeping it in the last two minutes, right? Because that's always one of these talks about college football. It's like, we'll always have time. 50 seconds, you'll always have time, right? So at least they're keeping it then. I'd be losing my mind if they were trying not to have it in the last two minutes. But why are we changing it at this point? I just don't see it. Like, let college football be college football, right? Like, we can watch NFL football if we want to watch NFL football. I want to watch college football. Uh, to me, and even the even the untimed downs, I like that. This is like changing overtime where they're just have, having dueling two-point conversions. Maybe I like four and five overtime games. Maybe those were the highlights of the week from a fan perspective, right? So I I don't know. I don't see the point in these. To me, this is needless tweaking. I agree with Rick on Facebook here. He says targeting calls need to be yeah, why are we yes. this? There's no targeting fixes. It's oh, like, my God. Oh, well, we it's about player safety, but let's not worry about the targeting situation and all that. Let's let's just have completely shady um replay officials like hidden away in some bunker in area 51, um, you know, making shady calls and retur- overturning things on the field. They That's what I love, love about the XFL. The XFL has complete transparency. Like if you watch I don't really, I mean, I'm not really into the XFL, but like one thing I love is when they do replays you hear everything. You hear the replay official talking. You hear the on-field officials talking. There needs to be complete transparency with replay officials, and they've got to get that figured out. But they're that worried has about to things in college football. That has that, to happen. In college. It has, has to. Really happen in college football because you know what? As pissed off as we are as Ohio State fans now, of two of our last three playoff appearances ending thanks to shady replay officials overturning calls that were correct on the field. Multiple times in each game. Mm-hmm. I want that call. All right. Then why are we not getting that? Because in my head, well, here's what I how the call goes. Hey man, uh can't have the Buckeyes play at LSU. They're better than Clemson. We need to turn overturn that dare fumble. But it's the right call. I don't care, man. The commissioner said do it. That's how it's going in my head, right? That's what I as a fan see, right? That needs to happen. And it's it, don't tell me technical issues. We can do – you can put them on Zoom, right? It's easy. So that and targeting not having a five-yard and a 15-yard variety to me are the two biggest things you need to fix in college football. Why are we worrying about an untimed down at the end of the first quarter? That's the biggest issue we got to fix is targeting and the replay system not being transparent. But we can't have coaches calling back-to-back timeouts. That's the thing. we got to get that legislated, and then we can oh, worry about all the other things that we actually care about. Society. Idiot. My Idiot. goodness gracious. Why don't they just have us run college football? I, I've offered my services. We've been saying this, Dave, for 15 years. They don't listen, okay? <laughs> I would be goodness the commissioner gracious. and the Big Ten would kick ass, okay? But they, they, they don't want to let me do anything fun. <sighs> I, guess, I guess you're going to have to be an engineer uh, uh, for your full-time job and then like a podcaster and a columnist on the side, I guess. I would still do those as commissioner of the Big Ten. Okay. All right. Just to be a little more newsworthy when you have me on on Wednesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Great stuff from Matt Baxendale. All right. Get to your real job. Um, Or is this, or do you consider the engineering gig your side hustle and this is your real job? No, I'm kidding. Uh, We know where my heart is. (laughs) 
Great stuff from Bax. You can read his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you to Matt Baxendale. Thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.